Welcome to another edition of Atlantic and Coastal, the Athletics ACC podcast. I'm Andy Bitter, the Virginia Tech football beat writer for The Athletic. I thought I'd introduce myself this time. I didn't do that last week. Uh, You should probably know who you're talking to on the podcast. Uh, We've got a great show this week. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, We're going to talk to David Teal from the Richmond uh, Times-Dispatch coming up. A good friend of mine. uh, I kind of consider him a mentor in the business here. Uh, very excited to talk to him about all things ACC. Uh, obviously, he's uh, hooked up with UVA and Virginia Tech. We're going to talk about all the postponements and everything that's gone on and the delays with them. But, you know, we're going to get into other stuff uh, about the ACC as well, uh, go through sort of the, the roster of games this weekend, some teams we think are for real, some things we th- teams we think are really struggling coming up. So pretty fun conversation with David coming up. Uh, before we get to that, I just want to, you know, talk about the big game from last week. Uh, you know, I thought it was an interesting result. Miami going up to Louisville, winning forty-seven to thirty-four. Uh, that that's an interesting Hurricanes team. All of a sudden, I'm impressed. I I've been somebody who's been a little hesitant to embrace. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say Miami's back, but I think Miami is legit this year. And it's it's for one big reason, Derek King. I think he looked uh, fantastic again. Obviously, Louisville didn't put up much resistance in a lot of cases, but. Uh, you know, you play the team that you're up against, and he looked good again, throwing for 325 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, just gives that team something that it's been missing lately. And I think the most interesting thing uh, with the Eric on that team is, you know, if you're Miami and you have the defense that Miami has, you never were asking somebody to come in and have to be Oklahoma with that offense. You didn't need them to score 50 plus points a game for that team to be dangerous. You just needed a competent offense. And the, you know, the hurricanes did not have that last year. They had quarterback troubles throughout, uh, you know, just struggled to, you know, put points up on the board or have any kind of continuity on offense. All of a sudden you bring in Derek King. They're more than competent at this point. And he covers up, uh, you know, a couple of the shortcomings on that team. I don't think the offensive line is still all that great, uh, I think you saw it last week at the receivers, a lot of drops out there, but a pretty good running game and now a, a very dangerous quarterback that can do a lot of things. I, I think that takes Miami from, you know, kind of sort of middle of the pack ACC to a contender in this league. And, you know, I think that the kicker as well, I should, uh, you know, give a shout out to him, Borgales. Uh, man, they struggled last year on kicks and now they've got a kicker who's bombing them from 57 and a reliable guy. Uh, I think when you have an offense and you're moving the ball and then you, you stall out and all of a sudden you, you miss like a 25-yard field goal or something like that, that's just demoralizing for a team. And, and that's not the case with Miami right now. So uh, I really like the direction Miami's going. Uh, you know, I think they're probably going to have a pretty easy time of it with Florida State this week. You know, it, maybe that's a dangerous statement to make it like that. That rivalry game always kind of gets the juices up on both sides. But uh, you know, from where Florida State is right now, where Miami is right now, I, I don't see a situation where the Seminoles are all too competitive in that game. All right, it's time to turn our attention over to David Teal. Uh, glad to have him on the podcast. Uh, had a fun conversation with him.
Okay, we have a treat on the podcast this week. Uh, I welcome in now David Teal from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. It sounds weird to say that. Let me get all the accolades out here. 13-time Virginia Sports Writer of the Year, Virginia Sports Hall of Famer. Uh, David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure, man. I'm glad you're back in the podcast rack, and I've, I've listened to the first two and enjoyed them immensely. I've missed it. It's fun to do this. 13-time Virginia Sports Writer of the Year. You know, you know, every now and then you could maybe step aside and let somebody <laughs> else step up. I'm just hoping that at some point it becomes like Michael Jordan in the 90s where the voters just got like bored of voting for him over and over. They're like, we'll give one to Carl Malone, see if he wants it for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, if we, we'd appreciate that. Maybe every now and then you could have an off year and one of the, the rest of us could, uh, could rise up there. I nominate you every year, my brother. Well, I appreciate that very much. Are we going to have football this weekend? I mean, you and I have got to, we're, we're, I mean, it can't be what the players and the coaches are sick of because they're doing it all the time. But man, I really want to cover something. How how are you feeling on uh, Virginia Tech NC State this week? Do you think it's going to happen? I do. And uh, full disclosure, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. And Virginia Tech's players and coaches and staff were tested again this morning. So obviously we don't know the results of those tests. But as I told you when we were texting last night, Andy, I had a a Zoom yesterday with two of Whit Babcock's senior staffers, Brad Worthman and Angie Littlejohn. And we were talking about game day logistics. And I'll tell you what, unless they are darn fine actors, they expect to play because they were very detailed. They were upbeat. This is what we have planned. These are the protocols. And I certainly came away from that encounter thinking, okay, I'm going to be driving to Blacksburg on uh, Saturday afternoon. Well, let's hope it stays that way. I mean, you mentioned they have Wednesday tests. They also have Friday tests. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, drop of a hat, this could be rug pulled out from under us just like that. Uh, you know, we talked to, to Justin Fuente earlier this week, and I feel like he's like slowly <laughs> descending into madness with each week that this goes on. Like, and like, you know, he doesn't have the best, like, you know, body posture and he does you know, not. stage presence when he's doing press conferences anyway. But I feel like, uh, this one, especially with what he said, you know, we will not have a full roster. I, I hope that we're able to play, you know, a quote that got runtime everywhere. I mean, everybody was showing that clip and everybody kind of got to see, you know, how he said it. And you, yeah. know, you were the one who asked him the question off the top. And he kind of it was almost like a mischievous smile. Like, I, I don't know. It was like he was delirious or something like that when he was saying it. He's like, I. You know, what is it? Are we able to play? What does that mean? Like, do we have a full roster? Are we? And so, man, I, I feel like he just needs to play a game. <laughs> it just needs to get it out of his system. I feel for him because, yeah. you know, th- these football coaches, they coach football and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they manage a football team. But this is something that nobody's ever really managed before. Uh, do, do you kind of feel bad for some of these coaches and the situation they're in? I feel badly for the coaches, Andy. I feel badly for the athletes. And their families, all of them. This this is a monumental ask to go through all this protocol and and really make sacrifices in your in your personal lives and in your social lives. 
and try to get these things done. I know these young men love to play football, but they're, they're humans. They're college students. They want to see people and be around people. We all do. Social distancing is an oxymoron for humans. It's the, the, the concept just doesn't compute. And yet here we are. Back to the podcast in a second, but first let me introduce you to our new sponsor, Homefield. It's a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis. Most important, it's incredibly comfortable, and it's officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Homefield has over 90 schools, but they're adding schools all the time. If you don't see your school up online right now, they're probably trying to get licensed for them. For ACC fans, they've got Pitt, Virginia Tech, and Syracuse. And I tell you, I've looked at some of these designs. Pitt, they got the warm-up, the Victory Lights t-shirt that's very sharp. Uh, Syracuse, I, I'm partial to the retro out of the orange Syracuse hoodie, uh, it comes in gray, very sharp look and Virginia Tech. I, uh, I certainly like the retro Virginia Tech gobblers t-shirt. Uh, all of those look very nice, very comfortable. Uh, you should check it out. So show some school spirit for your favorite teams or alma mater. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the code ACC for 20% off your first purchase. College football's back. Let's show some spirit. That's homefieldapparel.com and use code ACC for 20% off your first purchase today. It's strange, and there's like an added pressure on these guys too because you see like an outbreak of cases at some of these schools and, you know, social media is a cesspool to begin with, Ugh. but then all of a sudden, you know, a, a cluster of positives and people are coming down on them. Like, Oh, why aren't you guys doing the right things? It's like, this is not a character defect in 99% of these cases. Like, yeah, you hear stories about the party bus and you hear stories about, Oh, there's an on-campus party. And that's not behavior. That's all too conducive in a pandemic, but uh, you know, you can get this and be doing everything right and like one little slip up and it can creep into your program and it can spread from there. I, I just it bothers me some of the responses that people have to this. And, and you see it now. Wake Forest, uh, uh, Notre Dame postponed, mm -hmm. can't, postponed, I should say, this week uh, after some positive cases at Notre Dame. And everybody's like, oh, what's Notre Dame doing? It's like it happens. Sometimes yeah. it just happens with this. You, you get kind of fed up with some of the responses that you see on this stuff. I really do. It's become a gloating point for some fans whose programs have to this date been unaffected by the virus. And Andy, as you well know, it's random, it's contagious, and absolutely this is not indicative of any character flaws. I, I talked to Murphy Grant, who is Wake Forest's representative on the ACC's medical advisory group back in July, and he said all it takes is one person, one infection, and if he's around the wrong people or around teammate, one person can shut it down, really. And th that's how tenuous this entire experiment is. Well, you talked to John Swafford uh, earlier this week, or uh, I'm not sure exactly when he did the yeah, interview. Yeah, late last week, yeah. 
uh, one of the few people that can just call up Swafford and, and get a conversation <laughs> with him. I'm, I'm jealous with you about that. Uh, he said in there, you know, this was before uh, the Wake Forest news, the yeah. Notre Dame news with Wake Forest. Says, it's been what we would have expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they built in these contingencies to the schedule. Uh, do you believe him when he says this is what they expected? Or, you know, some of these things popping up, is it perhaps uh, a little more difficult to navigate than they would have expected? I, I imagine it's a little more difficult than they might have out of the gate. Right. Be, be, because, you know, before they even played a game, NC State Virginia Tech was postponed. And before anyone had set foot on the field. And th- that became dicey. And then all the plus ones that they scheduled, you know, some got canceled because teams were postponing seasons or conferences. I mean, that schedule that they put out in August lasted literally about 10 days before you had to start <laughs> scratching things out and drawing arrows here and there. So uh, I think they envisioned some hiccups, but maybe not this many this early. Well, I'm curious how it affects the teams themselves. Uh, You know, Virginia Tech's had a number of disruptions over the last month. Uh, How do you think that's going to affect them when they go out there? Because I'll admit last week when I'm making picks on these games, there were a lot of teams out there where I'm like, well, you know, they've played a game. They've, they've got one of the belts and these other ones have dealt with some stuff. Maybe I'll pick the team that's played. And then you look at Wake Forest, NC State, and NC State mm-hmm. looked pretty good in that game. Do you think this affects uh, Virginia Tech quite a bit uh, coming out of the gate, having not played in, in what they've gone through in the last month? I think, Andy, it all hinges on who's available. Right. And we're not going to know that. Right. R- r- really. I mean, have you ever – thought, I mean, 90 minutes before game time, when players start trickling out on the field, we're all going to be up in the press box with our, don't forget your binoculars. <laughs> you can't right. forget them this season because we're not allowed on the field, but you're going to want to see who's out there. That, that That's what this all hinges on. I agree with you. You know, NC State had not played. Wake Forest had. But NC State wins the game. Uh, UAB had played. Miami had not. Miami wins the game. BC hadn't played. Duke had. BC wins the game. So I don't UCF, think it's UCF Georgia Tech. Yes, exactly. Good. UCF's just good. I mean, they're, <laughs> that, offense, that offense did not miss a beat. I was. I, I thought maybe it'd be closer because you know UCF maybe a little rusty. No, they look pretty darn good. Yeah, that Gabriel kid can sling it, can he? Oh yeah. yeah. It's in, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, th- I think you have to know what the roster is going to look like before you can make some of these predictions. Like, I don't know how Vegas is doing it this year. I don't know how a, you set a line. I don't know how the gamblers come to some conclusion. You know, I should, I should do a story. I should call up AMAC or yeah. friend McFarlane at the Roanoke times. I should be like, how do you even do this? How, how do you come up with an opinion on these games? Uh, maybe he just sticks to betting European soccer draws and that's the plan to do it. But, uh, I mean, do you even look at, at betting lines this year and go, you know, what does that even mean? Yeah. I, Sunday, what? Virginia Tech opened at minus nine or 10 against NC State. And I'm thinking, you know, how is, how is that possible? And, you know, just knowing what the Hokies had, had been through and the uncertainty about player availability, 
when the schedule came out, and if if you're looking at just returning talent and prospects, I'm picking Virginia Tech to beat NC State. But come Friday or Saturday, I'll probably be leaning Wolfpack just because of the uncertainty regarding the Hokies. Yeah, it'll be real interesting to watch. I want to shift focus to UVA. I mean, obviously, you're also uh, well in tune with with what's going on there. What is the mood with the Cavaliers? I mean, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and, you know, they've uh, kind of put out there how well they've been doing with their, uh, you know, isolating and and not having any cases in the program. Uh, That's got to be a team that's just itching to get on the field at this point. Yeah, they're a little salty right now. I mean, they've been through – this Duke is their fifth – Season opening opponent. <laughs> Seriously. What were the other ones? I, I forget now. It was supposed to be Georgia. Okay, that's right. Pre-pandemic. Then it was supposed to be VMI. And then VMI cancels football. So there goes your plus one. Then it was going to be the Hokies. Okay. Then for about 10 minutes, it was going to be next week at Clemson. Oh, that's right. And, 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 and until the ACC moved the November 14th Duke UVA game up to this Saturday. So Virginia wouldn't, wouldn't open the season with three consecutive open dates. That's got to be maddening as a team to prepare for that. I mean, I know you don't need like six weeks to prepare for a game, but would you like, you would like to know just a little bit, you would like to go going into your season opener. Like everybody always has that benefit every year that they know who they're going to play mm-hmm. in that first game. Uh, I, I can imagine how that could be frustrating for this whole team. Uh, what do you think the outlook is for UVA in this first week? I, you know, I don't think that's a team that necessarily drops off the face of the earth this year. I think they have some interesting new pieces they brought in, uh, to fill some certain slots, uh, you know, I certain, certainly question sort of the running back situation there, but that defense is legit. Yeah. I'm curious what Brennan Armstrong looks like. I, I don't think it's going to be a team that all of a sudden you know goes 0 and 8 in the the ACC again or anything like that. No, I'd I'd be gosh, I'd be I'd be shocked. And I picked them eighth in the preseason poll, but teams two through eight were essentially. You can pick them out of a hat. Right. You know, Clemson's sitting there one, maybe Notre Dame's one A, but the the rest of them are so closely matched. I agree with you. I think they can be much better than they were late last season, and more like they were in the beginning of last season defensively. They just got so banged up in the secondary, particularly with losing Bryce Hall to the season-ending injury down at Miami. That's where I think Virginia, with Nick Grant and Devontae Cross, two seniors at corner, those guys are hugely important because I think they're so good at linebacker, especially on the outside with Noah Taylor and Charles Snowden. They're solid enough up front. And Mendenhall can X and O like very few defensive cats. So I think if if they get good corner play, are going to be really good on the defensive side. Is there a, a coach do you think that is <clears throat> better equipped to handle a pandemic than Bronco? It just seems like he's he's you know relentlessly upbeat and positive and team oriented and has a plan for everything. I just if I was picking an ACC coach maybe to guide me through this whole nonsense that's going on this off season, it, it might be him. 
I really wish you would quit reading my copy ahead of time <laughs> because as, as God is my witness, I, I wrote a column for later this week. I was sitting downstairs earlier this morning and I wrote essentially that exact sentence. If you were looking for one coach to steer your program through a pandemic, it would be, be Bronco Mendenhall. He is obsessive about organization and process and details. And it's just, it's, it's made for this type of situation. What do you think about this Duke game? Duke, Duke's an interesting team. I, I did not catch the game last week. It was blacked out in my area. Uh, I don't know how that happens in this day and age. I guess uh, Masson or the Yes Network, whoever had it, uh, did not had it on my roster of channels. Uh, Duke has not looked great. That defense has been salty, uh, but that offense just turning the ball over at a tremendous clip. Uh, you know, I can't imagine going up against UVA's defense. It's going to be what what ail, cure for what ails it there. No, especially because UVA has owned Duke of late. UVA's won five straight, including four with Mendenhall as head coach. And in those five Virginia wins in that winning streak, Duke has turned it over 18 times. I think I, I saw it like I, I saw Daniel Jones play four times in his career, I think, and it was against UVA and Tech, and he looked terrible in yes. every single game. I'm like, how is this guy a top five pick? But maybe <laughs> right. it's just, you know, Virginia and Virginia Tech had his number. They 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 really did. And and you mentioned last week Duke BC. The Devils turned it over five times, four times inside the Duke or inside the Boston College thirty five. That's just got to drive David Cutcliffe crazy. Yeah, and he's calling the plays this year, correct? First time, yeah. That's yeah, going to be doubly maddening then if that's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think Virginia is going to win comfortably on Saturday. I really do. Well, let's hope that game goes off without a hitch too. Uh, you know, just kind of looking around the rest of the league right now, I think the big story right now is Miami. Uh, just the way it's looked uh, the first couple weeks. Uh, I'm not going to ask you, is Miami back? Because, <laughs> because that's the question that people leap to. But, it, but is Miami for real? This looks like a legit offense uh, to pair with that defense that's been strong over the years. De'Ara King running the ball against UAB and chucking it against Louisville. Those were two pretty impressive performances. They, they really were, and they've got a running back in Cameron Harris who can take it to the house at any moment. Yeah, I October 10th at Clemson could be a lot of fun with the Hurricanes going in there. Here's a name. I'll throw a name out there. Uh, I, I mean, you were around for it, too. Uh, I don't know if this is an accurate comparison, but it, it kind of feels like shades of Gerard Evans in 2016 where it's this guy that comes in that to you know pick to to fix an offense and you know the, the Hokies in 2015 weren't what the Canes were in 2019 they had a lot more competency on that a lot more players that were kind of standing out but uh it just feels like he's such a difference maker that he can cover up some holes in the offense you know he's a dual threat guy uh it just seems like he raises the ceiling of this Miami team considerably Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. 
Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will, will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com ACC and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com ACC today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com ACC. GetRoman.com ACC. I don't think either of us is sold that that offensive line is the seven blocks of granite by, by any no. stretch. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he, he can cover up uh, an awful lot of warts. And he did it at Houston, and you wondered if he would do it again in South Beach. And so far he has, and makes for a rough debut for FSU associate head coach Chris Thompson on Saturday down in uh, Miami. Yeah, I do not have high hopes for Florida State this week. Uh, what a mess there. I mean, I realize... <laughs> You know, Norvell comes in and and he's dealing with COVID nineteen right now. Tested positive. Uh, you know, first coach in season, I think that I, I remember yeah. that happening to. Uh, that's a tough deal right there. If you're a new coach trying to you know get a new team under under your wing, there. Uh, it just seems like they're, you know, they've been lost in the woods for four years now, uh, or three plus years, going back to Jimbo's last season. Uh, I know we always talk about oh, there's so much talent that Florida state has. You can't overlook the talent on the roster and how they've recruited, but at a certain point you have to get them all going in the same direction at some point. Uh, you know, when's this going to clear up for the Seminoles? Do you think? Great question. And it has been a very staggered start for Mike Norvell. I mean, right out of the gate as he's dealing with the pandemic. So you don't get to know your guys. Then he had the misstep on the social justice matter that Wilson called him out on. Then all of a sudden, he's got players' parents questioning COVID protocol. There's another brush fire that he had to douse. And now this, oh, oh, oh and oh, by the way, they open at home with just a terrible performance against Georgia Tech. Lose to a quarterback, Jeff Sims, who's a former Seminole commit, as is Sam Howell, by the way. Right. That's a double <laughs> double whammy there. Yeah. And you know, we've used the word salty a couple times in our conversation today. The FSU fan base. Whew. It's a famously patient fan base. They can wait things out, right? <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it's going to be a, a rough season in Tallahassee because the offensive line there is worse than it is in Miami. They can't block anybody, which is just – and haven't been able to for three-plus years now. 
yeah, I, I feel for James Blackman back there. Uh, you know, he hasn't been the greatest, but he doesn't have uh, the best supporting cast at a lot of times, too. Uh, you know, one other big game this weekend, uh, you know, Louisville at Pitt. Yeah. Uh, are you a believer in Pitt? I, I don't know what to believe about them yet. I, and I, I, th- I think it goes back to last year when I saw them play Virginia Tech, and it was, they were just awful in that game. I mean, the defense played well, but the offense could not move the ball, and I, don't, I can't shake that image from my mind. Uh, you know, they look good against Austin P should have looked good against Austin P. You know, sure. what, do, what do you really take from that? Uh, you know, win last week against Syracuse, but I'll be honest, I wasn't overly impressed with that win. Syracuse, I think just has a lot of issues right now. And I, I didn't feel like Pitt really went for the jugular in a game where it could have early on. Uh, what do you make of that team? I mean, good defense. Kenny Pickett can, can sling it around. Is that enough to get him up in that uh, conversation to, to be a contender? I don't know. I think we'll find out a lot Saturday with with that offense that's coming in there. Malik Cunningham and Javion Hawkins and Des Fitzpatrick and Tutu Atwell. That's a bunch that's going to score a lot of points on a lot of people. And Pitt hasn't seen anything like that against Austin Peay or Syracuse, that's for sure. Syracuse right now looks like the worst team in the league, and it's not even close. So this is a serious step up in competition for the Panthers, while at least Louisville knows what it's like to be in a fight. You know, they didn't, they didn't come out unscathed against Miami, but at least they know what it's like. I'm thinking Kenny Pickett will like it if uh, guys are running free in the secondary by 30 yards like yeah. the last week against Louisville. What is, I mean, Louisville, that offense – is great. It's undeniably great. And they have weapons all over the field, but that defense was a problem last year and it doesn't look like it's all too much better this year. When you give up 75 yard touchdowns on the first two snaps that the opponent has in the third quarter, you have a problem. Yeah, I came back. I was doing something at halftime of that game, and I came back a little late in the second half. I'm like, what? That was quick. Where did these touchdowns come from? And then I went back and like looked them up. I'm like, oh, well, when you score one play 75 yards, that tends to go very quick through that time there. Uh, yeah, Louisville, I, it just seems like, seems like once you get past the very top in the ACC, everybody's got a question mark that you just haven't quite answered yet. Uh, I'm curious, just uh, last thing here, when you put in, uh, your picks, you know, one to 15 before the year, who did you, did you have Notre Dame second? Yes. Who did you have third? Cause I think that's the interesting question of everybody when, when they made their preseason picks. My theory always is Andy, when in doubt, pick the best quarterback. That's how I landed on UVA winning the coastal last year. Because I, I really had no clue, but I thought Bryce Perkins was the best quarterback in the division. Smart pick. Yeah, as a, for once. <laughs> but so for third, I, I picked Sam Howell in Carolina. You can. You, that's a pretty defensible pick, I think. There now, does Derek King's play the first couple of weeks right. make you go? Maybe he's the next best quarterback in the mm-hmm. league. He, he's looked sharp. He, he most certainly has, and he's he's more of a dual threat than slinging Sammy. Look at me. I'm getting sucked back into Miami. I told myself <laughs> in the offseason I would not do it. But anyway, they got him. They got that kicker who's making like 50-yard bombs all the time. 57. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, 
I'm coming around on the Canes here this year. I know a lot of my Virginia Tech followers are going to remind me of my tweet that I had after the uh, the Independence Bowl last year, but uh, I'm coming around on the Canes. I think they're going to I think they're going to roll this week too. It, it should definitely set up an interesting matchup with Clemson coming up. How about that, you get shut out by it was Louisiana Tech, right? Yeah, yeah. You get you get shut out by Louisiana Tech in your bowl. And all of a sudden, the next season, you're just rolling on offense. That's how fast it can turn. Well, David, I think I've run out of questions for you. I, I thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast here. Uh, you know, follow follow David on Twitter at by David Teal. Uh, read his stuff on Richmond.com. You and Barber have a, a great Bob uh, podcast. Teal and Barber, uh, I've been listening to it. Uh, since you guys got that up and running here in the summer. And I really enjoy that. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and helping us out here. Uh, it, it's going to be tough to top you as a guest. We, we did it right off the bat like this. And now there's, there's no place to go up after this. <laughs> Just go get a Mac. You'll be fine. That's right. We'll bring, we'll get him in. We'll get the Pimpleton minute. We'll get everything back. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Dave. My pleasure, Andy. Thank you. Okay, that was a fun conversation with David. I uh, really appreciate his insight on the podcast here. Hopefully we can get him back on the podcast here in the future. Uh, that's going to do it for this show. Uh, this was a good one, I think. Uh, and if you think the same, please go and subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Pod or wherever you listen to podcasts for free. Uh, I know Spotify, Stitcher, some other sites out there. If you like the pod, give it a give it a good rating. It helps us get the word out. Uh, you know, we're very appreciative of that. I think I saw a couple five star ratings on Apple. Uh, thank you to the people who did that. May or may not be related to me. And no, I'm just joking. I don't think they're related to me. Uh, we do appreciate the good reviews on that. Uh, it, you know, it's nice to get a, a little bit of feedback on, on what we're doing here. Uh, if you want to listen to us ad free, you can go do so on the Athletic. Uh, we've got a great subscription uh, price going right now. If you go to theathletic.com slash ACC pod, you can sign up for $1. That's right, $1. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, you know, and, and it's not like you only get the podcast if you go there. If you sign up to the site, you get everything that's on the site in every sport. Uh, you know, it's not restricted to just college football or just podcasts or just Virginia Tech. If you, you follow my stuff, it gets you every single sport, uh, every single article by every writer on the site. So I would highly suggest you go take advantage of that deal right now. Uh, that's theathletic.com slash ACC pod. All right. That's going to do it for this week's pod. I had a fun time on this one. Uh, really enjoyed David coming on. We have another special guest next week. Going to be joined by Katie George, sideline reporter for the ACC Network. She's actually doing the Virginia Tech NC State game uh, this weekend. Uh, I'm hoping it goes off as planned because I'm going to be covering that game as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AndyBitterVT uh, for all my coverage. Uh, you know, I'll be tweeting throughout the game. We also have a real-time uh, thing on our, our app now uh, where I'll be providing updates there. Uh, if you don't like Twitter, you can follow stuff on there. So hopefully the game goes off without a hitch. We have a little bit more to talk about next week, and I'm not sitting here dying for content like I have been the last couple weeks. Uh, enjoy the games next this week. Uh, we'll be again next week to talk a little bit more football. Mm-hmm.